and welcome to episode 196 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan, joined today by my fellow gamers, James. Hello. Stephen. Hello there. And the newly engaged Brody. Hello. Congrats, Brody. There was a happened just over the past weekend. Did it all go according to plan? Uh, not exactly. Um, so the what do you mean, not exactly? Well, the short story <laughs> is this. So I've had uh, the ring, as it were, uh, sitting in my glove box for, for like four months, five months. And your car. Of my car, yeah, just in my car, okay. and, I've, and I've left her in there plenty of times, and I've been real paranoid about it, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so we went down to St. Andrew's Beach this weekend, and I thought, you know, we'll go, nice. for, go for a nice walk, and that'll be the time to do it, you know, it's, it's going to be real nice. But it was raining fucking sideways all weekend, <laughs> so <laughs> that plan was out the window, and then so just uh, casually, we're just watching TV in our robes at the little Airbnb. And then, like, a, an ad for Michael Hill Jeweler comes on, and she's like, oh, that'd be nice. And I was like, you want a ring, oh. do you? You want one? And she's like, <laughs> "She's like, well, you know I do. And I was like, all right, hang on. No worries. I've got one. I've got one in the car. I'll go get it. And she's like, what? She's like, don't, she's, she's like, don't you She's like, don't you play around here. Don't you kid with me. And I was like, no, no, I'll go get it. It's okay. So I slipped my shoes on, went down in my robe to the car, and then came back, and, <laughs> and, uh, and then, yeah, and then it all happened. So... Yeah, it was that's a, brilliant. Wow. I love that. <laughs> yeah, so I, I went from like, ah, no, this is ruined to, oh, this is my, this is my opportunity. I'm, I'm going to get this done. So got it over the I line. Mean, I mean this in the nicest way possible, but that sounds like the most Brody proposal ever. <laughs> I, I, I've had like, yeah, like four people tell me that. So <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and it was good because it was so like off the cuff and very like uh, humorous in a way. It saved me from uh-huh. having to say anything emotional. So, you know, it was good. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Well, congratulations, Brody. We're all very Thanks, happy. Man. Very happy for you. Um, Stephen, what would you like to talk about this week? Have you got any proposals you want to talk about? I mean, Telstra are proposing that I subscribe to an Xbox plan, (gasps) so that might be worth talking about. We couldn't have done it better even if we had rehearsed it. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more about what Xbox are up to. Yeah, so Xbox, I think we've talked about it in the past with Game Pass, they're sort of pushing for this subscription service-y sort of yeah, uh, approach to gaming for the future. And so, yeah, just today they've announced something called Xbox All Access, or at least the details are out. It might have been announced previously. Um, but yeah, essentially, if you're a Telstra customer, so big if there, uh, you can essentially get an Xbox One S or Xbox One S complete with uh, Forza, uh, Forza Horizon 4 with uh, Game Pass Ultimate, uh, Lego Speed Champions add-on for Lego Horizon, Oh God, words are hard. Um, but yeah, you can get you can get those all over like a twenty four month plan, similar to how you might for a phone. Uh, and yeah, so say for example, you're getting an Xbox One X for thirty eight dollars a month, or an S for twenty seven dollars a month. And I think this is, I don't know, I don't know if it interests me right now, but as a thing for the future, if you can get in on a new console for forty bucks a month instead of I don't know three, four, five, six hundred dollars, who knows how much it's going to be all up front. It's it's a very enticing idea. Yeah, I think I remember this being announced in the US at some point. I think they might have just been doing it directly from their website, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, this is really cool that it's finally coming here with 
unfortunately with Telstra's help, I guess, it's a bit of a shame that you've got to already be a Telstra customer to some degree. Yeah, um, I was having a look into the, the reasoning behind that, and it mentions on there, they've got like an FAQ section on the page, and it talks about right. how like the actual sort of loan part or the like the credit is done through Telstra, so they're taking on all the risk of you know doing credit checks and mm. making sure you pay your bills on time. So I guess Telstra have just won the contract to be the people who mm. heckle you if you don't pay your bill rather than anything else. But <laughs> yeah, it does mean you have to have a Telstra postpaid service of some sort to be able to take advantage of this. So you can start a new one if you want. And I suspect this might be something to entice people onto Telstra maybe. But yeah, that, that could be a sticking point if you're not really, you know, if you're not someone who's going to change to Telstra or use Telstra for this. Yeah. And the fact that it includes Game Pass Ultimate too, is just like really just the icing on the cake. I mean, you kind of pay, what is it like 14 bucks, 15 bucks a month for Game Pass Ultimate anyhow? Yeah, something just kind like of like that, yeah. half of the cost of uh, these kind of subscriptions anyhow. That's pretty, pretty good. Um, James, as like a, an Xbox, already as a proud Xbox owner, does something like this interest you? You've probably got an X already, don't you? You don't Am I do you proud? have much of a need for something like this? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not, but um, I guess it's good. I was just thinking, because uh, obviously, they did, like you guys said, they did it in America previously for quite a while. I've got a feeling um, they wanted to do it here, but they didn't have, like, Microsoft doesn't have as big a footprint in terms of, like, stores yeah. and stuff. Well, they don't have distribution and I think networks and stuff, right? That's probably why... I mean, there's one Microsoft store in Sydney, I think. But mm. I could... Yeah, but... Um, I just think, like, yeah, it makes sense, I guess, to go with Telstra because they're going to be the place that has the stores all over the place and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They've got, like, the... Yeah, the distribution network to, like, make it happen. Um, in terms of, like, I don't know how... I feel like it did really well in America because I don't think un- until like mid last year they didn't have anything like say like Afterpay and ZipPay, um, so it was kind of like an alternative for them. Whereas like here, I feel like in a lot of Australians' minds, like Afterpay is like probably not with any of us, but like with a lot of people, Afterpay is like such an ingrained thing on ZipPay now. Yeah. Um, that being said, it's much more affordable. Instead of like four fortnightly payments, this is like what thirty eight a month or something. That's way yeah, cheaper. Yeah. So I don't. That's even an even more affordable way to do it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like it's cool. There's like no lock ins. Um, if you get bored, you can pay it out. Apparently, yes, yeah, um, which I think is out. quite good. But same with for most phones now. Um, yeah. 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 It's basically, guess, it's basically like, a phone contract, really, isn't it? Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, it's it basically the simplest way is. to think just, about it. Yeah, because I think, like, Telstra's obviously already branched out to, like, just even, like, iPads and tablets and stuff. Uh-huh. So this was, like, the natural next thing. Um, yeah. And it makes sense for them for a business model as well, because I suppose they can provide internet to, to get it connected, and it just kind of fits within their... To download all the games. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Hopefully they stream them. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> they can yeah, probably bundle sense. in, I don't know, Foxtel. Is there an app on Xbox for Foxtel? I'm sure I there's a lot there of things they can I'm bundle in. I'm surprised they're not doing that, to be fair, but maybe this that'll all come in time. They're just uh, they're starting with the kind of core offering at the moment. Um, Brody, do you think this makes gaming more accessible to people? Yeah, I think it will. I mean, like how many people could afford an iPhone outright and yet everyone in the street has one? So um, I think this will put, yeah, probably more Xboxes in more lounge rooms that might not have given it a chance otherwise. And when you've got, Mm. you know, Game Pass Ultimate uh, sort of giving you the library, it sort of becomes... If you're happy just to stick to those games that they have rotating through that library, then it becomes rather affordable to game. 
Um, because mm. like I've just you know crunched the numbers on my like abacus and um like it's like <laughs> it's like nine hundred and twelve dollars for the twenty four months. So if you factor yeah. if you factor in that the consoles like say six hundred if you get a like a Scorpio, uh, and then like Game Pass is probably three hundred and sixty bucks like on its own. It it comes out looking pretty good. Like if if not, like you're probably just breaking even. It's probably like paying for it. Like there's no. Uh, what am I trying to say? It doesn't cost you any more, like as it would with other like leasing things. Mm. Yeah, so, and, um, and you're just and you're just end. paying for installments. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's yeah, it makes it very enticing because you're going to be paying the same in the long run. So like, I, I mean, I'm thinking about like when uh, the Scarlet comes out. Like, I'm thinking that this is probably going to be a way that I'll go because you know I've got mm. other things to worry about now. So um, yeah, yes. I mean, I, I, I like it. I think it's good. Yeah, I was kind of thinking maybe because I've got my uh, like OG Xbox One. Maybe I could uh, I trade that in and put the money towards one of these subscriptions for an X or something. Yeah, and like sort of as but you're a, right. Scorpio uh, isn't too far away now. So, uh, Scarlet, yeah, yes, Scorpio's already Sorry, out. Scarlet. But, um, <laughs> why? Why were the S naming conventions? It's confusing. <laughs> yeah. So and, and like I said, like we touched on a little bit before, um, they've announced that they have like an upgrade. Uh, sort of scheme where if you say pick up a Scorpio now and lease that for 12 months even though it's a 24 month sort of deal you can upgrade to the Scarlet when it comes out next year so that yeah I I can see that in uh, like drawing a lot of people in to sort of want to get involved in the next gen yeah you're trying to confuse me now by calling the Xbox One X a Scorpio (laughs) sorry sorry. (laughs) it took me a second (laughs) nice it's a pretty pretty excited response all around I wish it could be in the same we could have said the same for uh, Fallout First which was also announced this week another subscription service of some kind (laughs) did you guys see all the hullabaloo that surrounded this gosh yeah I've Um, seen hard to escape (laughs) I've seen like the second hand worlds and the and the the item that takes all your belongings like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and then, in like, case class you missed it, or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I so love that people are ganging up on them now. Yeah. <laughs> well, go back to the beginning. So it w- they announced that there's this sub- subscription service uh, that you pay for on a monthly basis. It equates to being about twenty three dollars uh, Australian or one hundred and eighty a year. Um, so a sizable package, especially considering you've already paid for the game. Granted, you maybe just picked it up from a $20 bargain bin EB. But, uh, yeah, they've, they've added a few incentives for the, for the subscription. The big one being that you can have private worlds, which are private services, servers that you and up to seven friends can play on. Um, there's a few, uh, like, cosmetic items, in-game currency, emote packs, like a new tent, all of these other kind of add-ons as well. But it's primarily kind of built around these private servers. Um, but, yeah, you get, like, a, a tag that attaches to your name um, in game like a little emblem next to your game to show that you're paying for the subscription <laughs> and the the people that haven't paid for it uh, have uh, been ganging up on the people that have um, and seeking them out in game and killing them and putting the rally cry out on Reddit um, and the people, the first members have been kind of joining up against them and people are talking about it like it's a class war, it's out of control Eat the rich uh, uh james you are a proud member of the proletariat is this uh this coming resonating with you no (laughs) (laughs) this is crazy right i don't even play it um i i it's the strangest i just don't get it i just really don't understand like they just push back the wastelanders update and then the same week they announce but also you can pay for this game monthly like yeah, I just think it's almost like one department forgot to switch off an announcement when the other did, but um, 
No, never. I'm not even going to play it. I just, it's just so ridiculous. Like, I just have, I'm just speechless. I can't even put it into words. Like, do you how think dumb there's, it is. Stephen, do you think there's like any value to the membership at all? Like, can you see any reason why someone might want to pay $180 a year for a game uh, that's kind don't of Don't say yes, Stephen. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think of a reason why anyone would want to. And clearly people are for some reason, but like, I feel like you'd have to be really, really invested in Fallout 76 to want to have all of these little extra bonus thingies and then want to continue having them after they didn't work initially. Like, yeah. I don't know, it's it's a hard ask for me. I, I haven't touched the game, so I wouldn't really know, but I'd be hard-pressed to play to pay this much for even a game I love, like 180 bucks a year for a game you have. I know. It's kind of bonkers to me. I can't, I'm struggling to think of something that would make that worthwhile. Yeah, my only kind of, like, thinking with this might be, I've kind of talked about the strategy that Apex Legends uses before, and I wonder if it's a similar sort of thing, because um, I feel like everything in Apex is is kind of expensive. Like, all of the skins and stuff, I can't ever really justify buying, like, not for, like, $30 for the one costume on a character that's a first-person game that you can't see primarily. Um, but people do do buy it. Like, I see people in-game with these skins that you can't really acquire through any other means. Um, and, like, those premium items that you get during events where you have to, like, basically buy, like, 20 loot boxes and it ends up being, like, $200. I've seen people with those items, too. Um, so I wonder if Bethesda are thinking there's, like, this hardcore audience out there that are willing to pay this almighty premium. I see, uh, that, I think- I, I see that as really different, though, because Apex is a free game. and sure. like, And a lot of yeah. people are happy to sort of buy some loot boxes and buy skins to like put money back into the developer that's giving them this game for nothing. Whereas all these people I I assume have already paid full price for this game. Yeah. And I think another factor as well is like a subscription versus a series of one off small payments. Like it's easier. It's one less little thing you have to think about worrying about when it's going to renew or do I still play it? Like if I buy a battle pass for, for Fortnite, I'm going to play it for the month and I don't have to buy it again. It's not going to auto-renew. And same with, like, yeah. the one-off, like, skins and dances and all that bullshit. Like, I, I, <laughs> hey, I did hey buy now. all that. Hey, no, I, I have a lot of stuff. I bought the Infinite Dab and it was great. But oh, like, wow. <laughs> But, like, yeah, just the fact that it's a subscription versus individual discrete things you can buy, I think, changes the calculus a bit for me. Yeah, and yeah. I, I feel like in a world where more games are straying away from subscriptions and, like, going more to, you know, games as service sort of things, which I feel like this is not in that sort of area, um, mm. it just seems, like, really tone-deaf, and I just don't get it. What's your take on the kind of class warfare element of a Brody? Do you oh, think it's something that. we need to be concerned about, or is no, it just kind I of being thrown out of a molehill? I reckon that's funny. I don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like Stephen said, eat the rich. Who cares? <laughs> they can use all of their weird premium bonuses to defend themselves exactly i'm sure yeah, i'm sure they get like if they drop another 50 on the game they'll get unlimited nukes or some bullshit who cares <laughs> yeah we were we were joking about it at work today and someone was saying it's almost like paying for a harder mode like a harder difficulty <laughs> i like it <laughs> uh james what would you like to talk about this week um so i've been playing medieval um Ooh. on ps4 obviously and uh-huh. It's the third time the first game has come out now, because um, there was a PSP remake before, and obviously the original. Uh-huh. Um, and I obviously was thinking back to like say Resident Evil Two earlier this year, and then other remakes and stuff. And I guess the question that I had for you guys is like, should a remake 
kind of aspire to replace the original or should it, it offer like a new experience in similar vein to the original game? Um, because the reason I... So as an, uh, we've kind of got this perfect example in that Medieval Resurrection for PSP was like a redo of the first game. Um, but they added new subplots, removed some levels and stuff, and it was kind of considered to be vastly like inferior to the original game. Mm. Um, and then the same developer is obviously... Well, not the same developer, but um, the remaster ha- that's come out now is actually more like the first game. Um, and I think it's actually better for it but then you have like say like Resident Evil 2 which is like such a huge difference to the original game like I just don't know I guess I don't know what do you guys think or have you ever played a remake and you thought this why do they do this um, <laughs> like I think like Metal Gear is a good o- example too that Steve might touch on I don't know but um like yeah it's just I don't know and we're I talking about if I can sorry we're talking remakes not remasters obviously either I guess yeah okay um, some remasters like, have replaced um, some people. I mean, you can get like crazy people some, who are like there's not enough. Some remasters, in yeah, some, some remasters <laughs> have some remasters have definitely not uh, lived up to the uh, uh, memories of the old. Like Silent Hills, like remasters were fucking dreadful on like yeah. Xbox 360. But um, I think it depends on the game. Like I, th- mm. I think a remake should then ideally become the best version of that game. Like it should, uh, it should play to the nostalgia while still improving itself to meet today's standards. Like uh, one I'll use as an example is like I recently played the SpongeBob uh, Battle for Bikini Bottom remaster in uh, a remake rather in ga- at Gamescom, and they've like rebuilt that from the ground up and like they've done so many like small changes to make it like a good game by today's standards that it's still. It's like what I remember playing it as 16 years yeah. ago or whatever it was. And I think that's what a remake should do. Not yeah. n- not necessarily one-for-one one recapture what they did like 20 years ago, because I don't think that will hold up today. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I feel like it should play how you remember it playing and not how it actually played. Like, I feel like we kind of look back with rose-tinted glasses and we remember a much more refined experience than it actually might have been. Yeah, and, for you sure. Know, that context is important there as well, but... Um, as much as like I like a faithful remaster, and I really admired what they'd kind of done with the um, Insane trilogy and uh, CTR, the the remake of that. Um, I, yeah, I I kind of would also appreciate I think for certain games something that kind of is a bit more liberal and isn't quite so much of a straight remake remaster. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of kind of childhood games that I absolutely adore that might not kind of hold up by today's standards, like the the Jack and Daxter trilogy, for instance. Like Jack Two, I is one of my favorite games. Like I loved playing that as a kid, but I don't think it would hold up today in the same way. But you could definitely kind of make a a kid version of GTA five and, and have some sort of remake that kind of rang true with the, the kind of car stealing, uh, mechanics in the game and flying about in hover carts and, and all of those kind of bits and pieces that I loved about the game that might be a bit janky by today's standards. If they were able to sort of be remade in some way, I think I could get behind that. So yeah, yeah I think you're right, Brody, that it should be kind of faithful to the way that we remember the game and, and the experience we had with it. And honestly, um, like, but also adapting it to modern standards. With, with, with Battle for Bikini Bottom, like a lot of the improvement comes from literally like small changes, like the camera just being better. Yeah. Cause like, cause like, you know, fixed cameras back in the day and all that sort of stuff were like real rough. 
Mm. Um, but like you know, with obviously advancements in technology, um, you know, we can do mu- <laughs> we can do much better today. And like, it's just little things like that that I think should come forward while maintaining what we remember and yeah. hold dear. Yeah. Stephen, what does the sort of video game archivist in you think of all this? I think I don't know. <laughs> I, I I can see it from both sides. I'm like James brought up the good examples that I'm you know that are the ones that speak to me. You've got stuff like. The, the original Metal Gear Solid that got sort of remade for the GameCube, but in doing so it was sort of done through a new director and a new localization, and a lot of people had a bit of uh, a problem with the way that it was changed. It was sort of t- went from a bit of a more serious tone to sometimes a little bit over the edge of kind of goofy in Snake some places. Snake backflips off a missile, <laughs> yeah. just so everyone knows. Yeah, and um, yeah, like I've read some um, like uh, some articles about how the localization changed from the first to all the rest of them, and it's sort of yeah speaks to how they were received a little bit less well. But at the same time, I don't necessarily think it's always best for them to, uh, I guess, to, to adhere to what the original game was, or even to just modernize the original game and sort of make the adjustments to modern standards i'm thinking of resident evil 2 like i i would have been perfectly happy if that was remade in the style of like the original resident evil remake that sort of fixed camera style but i think the fact that they took it in an entirely modern direction i guess the you know behind the shoulder third person action game uh it it worked really well and so i don't think I think this game was probably better for being reinterpreted by a new team and by a new sort of modern perspective, but that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, games like Medieval that are fairly, um, you know, yeah, fairly faithful to their originals. That's yeah, still fine too. There's room for both. Yeah. I, th- I think some developers have done a really good job as well of kind of preserving the history while still keeping with the times. Um, I'm thinking of like the, the Master Chief collection that had the button you could press that would like toggle back into the old art, like the original art style and the old music as well. Um, I noticed as well, James, that you put an article up on the site about uh, the Medieval remake actually containing the original PS1 game as well. Like it's kind yeah, of built nuts. into the game world. Is that right? Yeah, it's you collect some you collect collectibles, um, right. and then when you do, you unlock the like the original game um, uh, yeah, as it appeared on PS One. I think that's so cool, and I also love um, that scene in Uncharted Four as well, where you play like Crash Bandicoot, the the PS One game, um, mm. up in the the attic right. The game's opening. Like I just kind of think these little throwbacks to the origins of these series are fantastic. Um, I, just, I also think like Bethesda kind of deserve credit as well for re, uh, re-releasing like all the, the Doom games kind of in the lead up to Doom Eternal too. Um, mm. I think I like that these things kind of go hand in hand. I just think like the only thing so as an example, like people would say to me, like, I want to play the Resident Evil games. Which do I play? And then I'll be like, you have to play mm. both <laughs> the twos. And they're like, why? <laughs> and I'm like, because they're both so different. Yeah. Whereas I would be like, say, as another example, same series, like Resident Evil 1. I'd be like, just play the remake. You don't need to play the original anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, but, it's so but I'm rough. sure in the case of Resident Evil 2, like, it both offer different... Yeah, like, they do. They both um, have value, right? They both offer different. They di- offer different things. So it just become. Yeah, it just must become. It's just because like balancing acts, I guess. Where like medieval, um, like you boot that up, and even though uh-huh. the music is new music and the visuals are new visuals, you still feel nostalgic. Like there's definitely this like kind of warm fuzzy feeling about it if you've mm. grown up with it, which mm. which I did. Um, but then obviously a lot of reviews were like, it's a PS one game, and you're like, well, 
Yeah. Like how, f- <laughs> yeah. like, how far? Like, it's forty dollars. Um, like, how far do we want to go uh-huh. in terms of? Yeah, I think uh, that price sets just expectations like, yeah. as well. Like, I yeah. don't know. It, it's. I don't think it was the case at the time, but say the Resident Evil remake now, the HD version was never priced to be a full retail eighty dollar game. I guess originally it was, but it was a little f- less far off from its oh, original these days, at that point. Yeah, thirty bucks. Yeah. I don't yeah, want to like even open the can cheap. of worms that's um, <laughs> oh, Final pricing. Fantasy VII yeah. as well. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a whole a, other a unique approach. Yeah, uh, I reckon it's time we play a round of What the Wiki, which is the show where the previous winner reads a Wikipedia page for an unknown game, and we, the contestants, must guess the game. Uh, James, as last week's winner, you'll be taking over the hosting duties uh, this week. We um, had a, a very timely recap from uh, from friend of the show and the official What the Wiki keeper of the score at Jamie Penning on Twitter. It came in just like ten minutes before we hit record, so it's very good timing. Um, last week was a battle between James and longtime podcast absentee jake both guys made it a, to a tiebreaker in which jake pushed james all the way but ultimately it was james who took the point so i'm sorry to say brody that he's uh, gained a little bit on you on that lead um james oh, is on man. nine points you're on seven steven's on five i'm on three and shannon is on one still anyone's game though especially so james especially yes. shannon's. <laughs> he could just change the rules he he makes the rules <laughs> I'd it's like, it's like golf. If I can Low score wins. the podium <laughs> position off Stephen. Uh, James, take it away. Cool. So this there's a theme across all these, just so you all know, to give oh, everyone no. an equal advantage, but it's good. I reckon it's clever. It's a bit of a <laughs> nice. cool thing. Just a two-year-old like horn. You were very proud of yourself today because you had like you had managed to organise time so on earlier in the shit, day like, to get this done. Dinner's I'm, prepped I'm proud for of after you. this. Like, <laughs> well today done. A productive day. Damn. So, I wish I could be. Um, are we ready? Ready. Yeah, we think so. As ready as yeah. I'll ever be. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so number one. The game is an action-adventure stealth game played from a third-person perspective. Players complete quest linear scenarios with set objectives to progress through the story, earn experience points, and acquire new skills. Outside of quests, the player can freely roam the open world environment, complete optional side quests, and unlock weapons. So, so far, it's every game ever. Yes. <laughs> Um, the game also introduces an arena-based combat system where the player fights waves of increasingly difficult combinations of enemies, culminating in a boss fight. While the introduction to the arena is incorporated into the main story, the arena mode stands alone from the wider narrative. The game world features several arenas with a variety of enemy combinations and unique bosses not found in the game world, including mythological, feature- mythological creatures. The player is able to unlock additional weapons and equipment by completing arena fights. On release, one critic said the game was the definitive action-adventure game of the year and that it recaptured the magic that made the series a powerhouse all those years ago. Ewan. Yes, Ewan. Oh, is it... Oh, <laughs> I, I was going to take a stab here, but I'm really not so sure. Is it Assassin's Creed Odyssey? No, it's not Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but nice try. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Infam- <laughs> Information of the game first leaked in January 2017, showing several screenshots of a character on a boat and in front of a cave. The game was officially revealed on June 11, oh, 2017. Tell me when the paragraph during, ends! <laughs> during production of Assassin's Creed 3 in November 2011, Ubisoft conducted a fan survey exploring potential settings for future titles. Ooh, Ancient anyway. Egypt was one of the more popular choices. Fair. Steven? Steven? Oh. Assassin's Creed Origins? Beck! Beck! <laughs> 
This has already ruined my plan, but that's I'm okay. I'm so mad. <laughs> you say, I was, I I was tossing guns. up between Origins and Odyssey, but I was like, oh, I can't remember when they introduced Arena if it was in Origins Odyssey. No, nah, Arena was in Origins um, and two years ago for Origins. And I guess why. it was. I guess there were was mythological elements to Origins. Damn it. <laughs> there was. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, well. So, Stephen won. Hooray. Everyone else, none. I have a good feeling about the next one, though, for the losers so far. Okay? okay. Cool, cool. Okay. You and the last of us. <laughs> no, no, no Sony first party this time. Sorry, Ewan. Okay. The game, the game is a tactical shooter set in an open-world environment and played from a third-person perspective with an optional first-person view. The equipment featured in the game is based on weapons and gear commonly used by military forces around the world. When completing missions, players can reach a location where the mission starts through a variety of ways. Players can parachute from a helicopter, walk over land, or drive towards their objectives. Players are allowed to use multiple ways to complete objectives, such as utilising stealth, melee combat, or using long-range or short-range weapons provided in the game. Steven? Yes, Steven. Metal Gear Solid 5? No, Stephen. Sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a good guess, though. That, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much what you said. But okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. Other games do that though too. So clearly, <laughs> don't be a don't be a sore loser. <laughs> the, ga- the game also features outposts that can be taken down by players. Players can grab enemies at close range with one hand for defense as human shields, while using the other hand to shoot. This is so specific. Players can also gain experience points to level up. The playable (laughs) character can be customised, and loot found on enemies' corpses can be equipped by player characters. Weapons and gear can be upgraded as well. According to the creative director of the game, the AI of the game is unscripted and and each has their own motivations and agendas. Hmm. When's Hmm. the end of the paragraph? I think I know which series this is, but I just don't know which particular one. That's it the is. end of this the, that, that paragraph. Don't dog me like this, Stephen. Stephen. Don't. Yes, Stephen. Look, this is a total guess, so I'm probably wrong, but Ghost Recon Wildlands? It is Ghost Recon Wildlands. Oh, bollocks! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> oh. oh, yes. Do, do we do best of three or what? Yeah, that's he's got it. He's won it. Yeah, no, because okay. no, you'd need like eight entries. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> well, well done, Stephen. Steve. Thank well, you. Well, just so everyone knows, um, the theme was... There was a quote from each of your reviews in each of these paragraphs. Oh, which one was so mine? Oh, it was mine. Assassin's Creed yeah, my, Origins. Oh, I should have. I, I should have been listening then. And Ghost Recon <laughs> was Ewan's, and then yeah, I, I cheated and used Shovel Knight for Stephen. Oh, so. I might have yeah. got Shovel Knight. I, I do like that game. Oh, that well. is a very, yeah. a very clever theme. There you go. Yeah, I know. I loved it. I was so good. <laughs> when you when you said Ghost Recon Wildlands, I was like, oh, maybe the themes. Games that Ubisoft described as disastrous, but of course, oh, nice. this wasn't disastrous. <laughs> Just all games you guys have reviewed, because then I that knew was, you'd know them. That was the whole <laughs> thing. Uh, well, with that, that brings an end to what was episode 197 of the Starcast. Subscribe to us on Podcast One or the podcast service of your choice. Follow us at press.au. Join the conversation with the hashtag the Starcast and visit the site at pressstart.com.au. We've been joined today by James. Hi, I'm on Twitter <laughs> at James, A T J A M Z. Um, um, I'm not tweeting anything interesting right now, so. Yeah, but you are posting articles with useful information about medieval, though. 
Yeah, that get, get, <laughs> get on board. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything else. Pimp that shit. <laughs> Pay for uh, his Patreon. <laughs> uh, we've also been joined today by Stephen. Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Stephen Impson. Uh, I tweet about how expensive AirPods Pro are, and I post photos of gardens recently. What well, What was the deal with these AirPods Pro? I've not I've not seen any of this. They're I've very nice. They cost four hundred dollars. I'm not going to buy them because they cost four hundred dollars. Yeah. Are they? Is it just better sound quality? Oh, it's like it's deal? got the whole like silicon tips in ear and no, like active noise oh. cancelling and stuff. So it's like uh, all okay. the good stuff, but it's a lot of money. Jeez, yeah, four hundred dollars. You can nearly get yourself like a pair of like Bose overheads or yeah, the it, nice it's Sony a, ones or something. It's more than I paid for my Sony's, and I'm pretty sure my Sony's will still work in like three years' time, unlike my AirPods. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Uh, we've also been joined today, and a big congratulations to Brody. Uh, thank you. You can uh, find me on most things at Brody underscore DG. I've got my uh, death stranding review coming up this Friday, so be sure to keep an eye out for that. It's going to be a spicy podcast next week. Oh, Go <laughs> for it. And I've been your host, Ewan Roxburgh. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ewan underscore Roxburgh. And until next time, happy gaming. See you. See ya. Bye. Bye.